of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and I appreciate you joining me today and listening to what I have to say. Hopefully, it can be of some sort of benefit to you. Uh, And um, hopefully, you are listening to this on or around Easter Sunday. So let me wish you a very happy Easter and, and most of all, a happy Resurrection Day as we begin this Easter season uh, and it is a season. It is not just one day. And certainly we recognize and acknowledge the resurrection of Christ at all times. Um, but on this Resurrection Sunday, we remember that and remember what transpired after that, the 40 days that Christ was here on earth before he ascended, and then even 50 days after his resurrection, Pentecost, the birthday of the church, and all the things that go along with Uh, Easter and the resurrection. So happy Easter. Welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. I am glad to be with you today. Um, And so I want to talk to you about and discuss an Easter uh, topic. Uh, We're we're considering the resurrection today. I think there are two Sundays per year that uh, my uh, churches that I've been involved in uh, throughout my life have had the uh, largest attendance, the largest um, crowds at church, and you probably could guess these two days, Christmas and Easter. And these are, these are when the once or twice a year people show up and then you rarely see them again. I know that's, um, we laugh at that, it really is quite sad, but, um, but as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, I want to talk to you about uh, and give you four ways that I believe Christians exercise practical denial of Christ's resurrection. And what I mean by that is um, it's not a full-on denial, it's not atheism, but in practice it is a denial. You know, there there are many aspects um, to Jesus Christ. His life um, is manifold, and the implications of his resurrection are manifold. But one of the most fundamental things that we must believe in is his resurrection. And I am not someone that would say that it is more important to believe in the resurrection than it is the virgin birth um, or anything along those lines. There are people that say that, and I do not believe that at all. We can get into that another time. Um, But Christ's resurrection from the dead is essential to not only salvation, as Paul said in Romans 10, 9, that you must confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Um, But it's also essential to the way God's people live their lives. Uh, But there are ways that we as Christians uh, exercise practical denial of Jesus' resurrection. And what I mean by practical denial, Denial, again, is not to imply a literal belief that he's dead, but rather a seeming denial in the way we live our lives. In other words, our belief in Christ's resurrection should impact our lives in the areas that I want to discuss here. And there's four ways, four areas I want to discuss. And in these ways, we either um, acknowledge 
his resurrection with our lives, or we practically deny it. And it's a grave danger. And I think many times our actions speak louder than our words. So the first way that we do this is that we worry. Rick Warren once said this. He said, worry is practical atheism. It's unbelief. It's acting like an orphan without a heavenly father who has made 6,000 promises to you. Worry, I think, is indicative. Of, by the way, that, that was Rick Warren's quote from a tweet that he put out, and he's probably said it other, other places. Um, but I think worry is indicative of a lack of trust in a sovereign God. You either believe he's in control or you don't. And if you truly do, then it should affect the way you live your life. Let me give you an example. If um, when I was a child... My dad would sometimes have me jump off the couch and catch me. Um, now, if I did not believe he would catch me, I wouldn't have jumped off the couch. But because I believed he would catch me, I jumped off the couch. And so what does it communicate to people when we worry? It communicates we don't have a trust in God. We don't believe him. Romans 8.31, the Apostle Paul says, if God is for us, who can be against us? There, there are many promises of Scripture, but our actions of our lives could easily communicate a disparate message, namely that we don't trust in God and His great promises to us whom He loves. Um, many Christians probably don't consider worry to be a sin, uh, but it is. It's a direct command of Jesus Himself not to worry. Uh, among many other places, Matthew 6, 25, Jesus says not to worry. And so if Jesus explicitly says not to do something and we do it, it is a sin. And in, in a similar way, Jesus tells us not to fear numerous, numerous times in Scripture. Uh, you could probably think of many situations when the disciples were out at sea and the sea was tossing and the boat was turning and, and Jesus said, do not be afraid when he was walking on water. There were there are numerous places in Scripture where Jesus says, do not fear. When an angel visits someone in Scripture, one of the first things they say often is, do not fear. And so similarly, fear is it's a sin to fear. Um, I believe one reason we are told not to fear is because there's one place or one um, context in Scripture that we are told to fear, and that is to fear God. I believe the reason we are told not to fear anything or anyone else is because God is the only one worthy of our fear. He is also the only one worthy of our trust because if we place our trust in anything else, it will always fail us. So God is the only one worthy of our fear. He's the only one worthy of our trust. And when we feebly attempt to trust and fear other people or things, we effectively communicate that Jesus' commands don't matter and that we don't believe that he is alive and that he is still interceding on our behalf. Hebrews 4 says that he, we have a great high priest who sympathizes with us. And he is currently, as we speak, interceding on our behalf. So when we worry, it's an exercise of practical denial of the living Son of God. The second way that we, um, we often exercise uh, practical denial of Christ's resurrection is we live without change. If, we're to, if we um, claim to be Christians, and we, we are who we claim to be, our lives will, revere, will reveal an ongoing change, continuous changes. So 
while repentance certainly occurs the moment that the Lord awakens us, the moment that we come to salvation, uh, we should also continue repenting. In other words, it doesn't stop. We repent, but we continue living in repentance. And if we believe that we're Christians because we walked an aisle and said a prayer, but there's no continuous change, it's right to assume a lack of fruit. And a person who lives in such a way might not actually be a Christian, even though they believe they are. And that's sort of um, a negative impact that we've had in our Western American culture in believing that, well, yeah, of course I'm a Christian because I grew up in, uh, in a Christian family. I grew up going to church. I believe in God. Uh, and listen, believing in God never made anyone a Christian. And so the resurrection of Christ is not expressed practically when we live without change. And there are many professing Christians, and by professing Christians, I mean just that, people who profess to be Christians who are not actually Christians. There are many, and maybe without even realizing it. But the resurrection of Jesus needs to change us. Uh, people, we might not be atheists or even agnostics, uh, Stephen Hawking just passed away recently, and um, and he was a known atheist. He was renowned for, um, he had a brilliant mind, and uh, for someone to deny that he was brilliant is is to live in denial. He, he was a brilliant man, but uh, he was a professing atheist, and there are people who claim to be Christians but live without change, and so they might not be at the point, say, Stephen Hawking was as an atheist, or even an agnostic, where they acknowledge a higher power, but just not God as we know it. Um, but in action, they deny the resurrection of Christ because they live without change. If we live without change, we practically deny Jesus' resurrection, as well as our own spiritual resurrection from death to life in Jesus Christ. The third way that we practically deny Christ's resurrection is that we live without power. So we live without change, we live without power, and this is very common. Jesus told his disciples, and effectively us, in John 14, 12, that they would do and we would do greater things than even he did. Um, there's been many interpretations of this, but the implications of Jesus' words here are manifold. Um, there, there are many hermeneutical issues here, many diverse issues issues and people could dissect what Jesus meant here. But without exhausting the various interpretations of what, what it means to do greater things than Jesus Christ, suffice it to say that God's people have the same spirit living in and with them that Jesus Christ had as he performed great works and miracles. But we often don't believe that and don't realize it in our own lives. What if God calls you to preach the gospel in a, in a closed and dangerous country? What if he calls you to quite literally raise someone from the dead? Uh, and listen to me, it has been done. <laughs> that may be a, a surprise to you, but there are people even living now who have seen people raised from the dead. Now, I've never seen it, but I do believe it has happened. Th these are... are abnormal things, supernatural things, raising from the dead, healing people. Again, if God calls you to preach in a closed country and bring people to, uh, calls you to preach to, uh, so that, that the world might know him, would you obey? 
And these are acts that are only possible in the power of Jesus Christ. And, and so often, Christians live mediocre and comfortable lives without employing the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what we do is we essentially communicate a dead or at least a mediocre Jesus rather than a living and a powerful one. Jesus' resurrection guarantees us power. In 2 Timothy 1.7, the Apostle Paul says we have been given a, a spirit of power, not of fear, not of mediocrity, timidity. And so we need to examine ourselves regarding the power exuded from our lives. And if it's lacking, then we might be exercising practical denial of Christ's resurrection. Again, we, may, we probably don't believe that he is dead, but in our actions, it's saying something else. And then the, the last thing, the last way I think we communicate a dead or non-living Jesus is that we live without obedience. So, so we, we worry. Uh, Christians often worry. We live without change. We live without power. And we live without obedience. And this is connected, I think, solidly to change. If we're changed, we are going to obey. And so Christ's resurrection ensures uh, that, that we do not obey a dead God. And so what it does is we exercise futility in our lives by, um, by, by, by not living in obedience. We need to live in obedience because we serve a living God. We don't serve a dead dead God. And so if Christ is living and calling us and commanding us to, to serve him in a particular way, and it, and it might be unique for uh, different individuals, we need to obey because we serve a living God. And if we're living without obedience, then our lives are essentially being wasted. John Piper has a book called Don't Waste Your Lives, and that's essentially what he's talking about. And so obedience is key. It's key to serving God. It's key to worship. In other words, the fruit of a Christian's love for Christ is change. In John 14, 15, Jesus said that if you love me, you will obey my commands. And a lack of obedience suggests practical denial of Jesus' resurrection. We serve a living God, and hallelujah, we are celebrating that in this Easter season. So let us, let us be true and thankful and serving our living Christ without worry, without fear, with change, with power, and with obedience. And as we sing and celebrate of God, uh, God's victory over sin and death and the power of his resurrection, we need to live in both the actual and the practical realization of Jesus' life. Because we have a king who reigns eternally supreme. And so let us be people who don't live in practical denial of Christ's resurrection. But not only do we claim and profess that he is alive, but our lives and the way we live and our actions reveal it through his power and through our trust in him. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Did it, did it.